welcome back uh, to Dopio. It's been 10 days <laughs> since we've been together. I'm uh, Dante. I'm Daniel. And uh, this is uh, Dopio where you get a double shot of uh, something that's going to wake you up um, and hopefully enlighten you and uh, help you be able to face the day. Uh, yeah. I guess we should start with, uh, well, coronavirus because, you know, it's everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of hard so, to escape, even if yeah, you're quarantining. It, exactly. So, what what have you been doing to like kind of get away from? Well, not get away from coronavirus. <laughs> just get away from just all things coronavirus. Well, last week I um I kind of tuned out, you know, and um did some uh, home improvement. You know, um, the force is strong with my wife. You know, she has this. Uh, <laughs> You know, every spring there's a honeydew list with my name on it. And, uh, you know, this year she went all in. She said, well, since we're quarantining and, well, I'm quarantined. She's uh, yeah. she's still working, you know, she's in the healthcare profession. But, uh, so, well, since she's sitting around here, let's, let's just change the whole color of the house. And <laughs> I had already planned on doing the deck, you know, uh, pressure washing and staying in the deck. That was like my own personal project since that's my oasis but um yeah she uh she flipped the whole color of the house inside of the house so we're i've been painting it gray like a light it's called a smoky echo gray and wow it's a freaky color i mean i like it because in the light it, it has like a, a greenish look but then when you like cut on a lamp and close the blinds it's like a soft gray and um i outlined everything um the window sills the um the uh quarter panels and all of that in a pure white so i've been um i've been painting man and it's if i never pick up another paintbrush in my life it'll be absolutely <laughs> okay well i guess you're not picasso i guess, I guess. yeah picasso i <laughs> <laughs> so what about yourself? Uh man. Uh well I've uh I officially have been teleworking for a week and a half now. Okay. Um and uh it's cool. It's alright. It's alright. I've been um I've become like executive producer of uh English videos for my city. So even wow. like recording videos and I've been editing um nonstop. So, which is cool because, like, eventually um, I'll launch a YouTube channel um, where, like, I'll talk more about daily life stuff here in Japan. Um, so, this gives me a little little bit of um, extra practice to, you know, cut my teeth on yeah. um, on this stuff. So, I've been doing that for work, but, like, as for re- relaxing, uh, I've been reading, uh, rereading um, a book called 1Q84. Um, by uh, Haruki Murakami, he's a genius, um, and it's it's interesting because like if you've ever read 1984, which is like a yeah. dystopian future mm-hmm. uh, kind of book, this models itself off of that with a few twists, and I find myself um, looking for fantasy, looking for um, things to get me out of the world that I'm in. Um, and books is one way of doing it like reading books is one way of doing it writing is another way I do it yeah. um, playing video games is another way 
um, that I do as well. So, like, I've been doing all of those things this week. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's cool. I read 1984. Um, well, actually, I, I read a part of 1984 in high school. I, I clip notes the other part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just being honest. Um, yeah, and that was from what I what I can remember. It was pretty awesome. I even remember telling myself, man, I should actually probably read this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. good, but you try to tell the 11th grade me that back then, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, matter of fact, I think you suggested that book to me. I got it on, a, I have a list uh, in my uh, in my notes on my phone of books that I, that I listen to. I do Audible. I'm, I'm really big on Audible. Um, yeah. There was a time that it, when someone uh, referred to me long ago, I was like, nah, I can't listen to what talks to me. I'd rather have the in my hand, you know, the book yeah. in my hand, page turn, you know, but um, I, somehow I, 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 I went ahead and did it and, and uh, got the app or whatever, and I love it. I love it. I'll throw it in while I'm, while I'm driving or while I'm cutting the grass, uh, you know, even, you know, doing mundane stuff around the house. And uh, yeah, I lose myself in it. So, um, in fact, I just started listening to um, a book by uh, Greg Alf. He's one of my favorite authors. Um, he has a series, uh, um, the Pen Cage series. It takes place in Natchez, Mississippi. It's a pretty good book. It deals with history, um, you know, uh, around racism and uh, the coming together of the races. And, you know, it's kind of building. You know, so uh, I'm kind of digging that so far. But um, you brought up video games, man. You know, um, got a PlayStation 4 last week. and Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glad to be a part of. Um, <laughs> man, video games have changed since PlayStation 1. That was, I think, PlayStation <laughs> 1, I think 2 was the last one that I actually had myself. You know, uh, your younger brother, uh, he had the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3. Then he jumped over to Xbox and... Um, Traitor. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I uh, remember playing Tekken on 3 with him, Gods of War, uh, Madden, of course. But um, video games have gotten kind of complicated, man. You know, and that might be my age. You know, because I've stepped up from it for so many years. It's probably been about maybe six or seven years, um, maybe even a little longer, since I actually sat down and you know played by myself. And um, man, I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it's 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 um it's it's different. It's different. I mean, it's like a whole universe, you know. So, but um, like I said, I'm yeah. enjoying it. Well, I think people are trying to, like, I mean, at least for me, like, I've been playing video games since I could read. Actually, <laughs> playing video games helped me learn how to read better. Mm. And uh, it's, again, it's all about escaping the world and, um, you know, going to a world where you're fully in control and the story, not fully in control, but the story is just different. It's fundamentally different right. um, than the story of the world that you're in. And given the story of the world that we're in right now, yeah. Um, but there are plenty of reasons to escape. Yeah, and 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 just to build on what you what you're just saying, in a sense, you do have some control. And and 
a little bit more control than we probably have today in reality. You know, and I can see the um, the allure to um, to the video game world because you can, if you die, you know, you just you know restart, pick up from where you left yeah. off at. You know, if uh, you know you want to turn the game off, you can turn it off. You know, but um, with what's going on in the world today, we can't turn it off. As much as I uh, wanted to tune out everything last week and uh, you know step away from the political world and um, the I don't know the capitalistic society that we live in, where you know the gimme gimme gimmies of the world are trying to get more, you know, yeah, impossible to step away completely because um, you know, like Ishmael, Mother Culture is, is constantly in your ear. And you yep. and you hear that hum even when you're not trying to hear. Yeah, and it, it it for whatever reason I think that um, she's like mother culture. That is, um, I think we're there's an opportunity to get kind of a break from it um, with quarantine. Um, I think um, a lot of people are fine re engaging with themselves in a way that they haven't before not to say that everyone's doing that um, i think that's definitely a privilege for those who you know aren't scratching and surviving um those of those of you out there who aren't struggling uh financially during this um this pandemic and the lockdown that um is the consequence of that or sorry ep- uh yeah pandemics excuse me mm-hmm. Um, you guys are having the opportunity to like re-engage with yourself and 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 try to figure out you know where you went wrong quote unquote or where you uh, where you lost your way and and also when mother culture start whispering too loudly in your ear and you you kind of got away from um, really uh, the things that that you actually need as opposed to what the world tells you that you need. Um, not to get too uh, hokey or anything like that. Um, no. So it is an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you're right, you know. For those who are in a privileged position to be able to take this time as sort of a time out to reevaluate, to, to reorganize, and to uh, plot a new course whenever this is over with, you know, it's definitely, you know, an advantage. It's definitely, you know, probably a welcome um, peace from the, you know, calm from the storm, so to say, you know, but then there's the other part of it where you have people who aren't as privileged, you know, who are, yeah. who are going to be um, set back by this, you know, who are being set back by this. And that's not just, you know, um, the poor lower class people, you know, um, I've never really given much thought and, um, and maybe this is one of the byproducts of this situation to like small businesses and, you know, um, mom and pop stores. And I've always tried to, um, you know, support them, you know, around the holidays and throughout the year from time to time. But I've never really thought about how, you know, just supporting those places, you know, are, are how effective it could be just to support those places. And how now these big chains, the Walmarts, the Sam's, you know, so on and so forth, um, are capitalizing on the demise of the little guy, you know. And I, yeah. I know, and we can have a whole show on that, but 
you know, I, I just think that, you know, as much as it's beneficial for the privilege to take this time to reevaluate, I think it's detrimental and, and, and completely <clears throat> harmful, excuse me, um, for the lower class and small business uh, people as well. <clears throat> yeah, and and because of that, um, like you're seeing a bit of a unhealthy revolt against the system mm-hmm. um, where people are protesting that they should go back to work, actually, um, where you're at, uh, where you're at in Kentucky. <clears throat> right. um, there was a huge, yeah, there was a huge protest for that. But the, the consequence was immediate and swift. Um, there's been a spike in spike. coronavirus in Kentucky. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because of that protest. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, like, yeah, I get it. You want to go back to work. You want to be productive. You want to make money. You want to go to restaurants. You want life to be go back to normal. Um, and this is going to be our first big topic um, that I'm leading right into. Mm-hmm. There is no more going back. No. <laughs> Yeah. And and I spent the better part of this week really thinking about that. Like there's no going back. Um like and that's not to say that we won't be able to go to restaurants again or something like that. Like I'm not being that dramatic. But what I am saying is that, you know, wearing masks isn't ever gonna go away. Like it won't be mandatory all the time. But like here in Japan, people have been wearing masks for yeah, years, forever. Oh, like for more than years. Forever, yeah. yeah, it's been normal. It's been way normal to wear masks here. Like, like y'all are just getting to the mask game. We perfected it. Like they, we have like all kinds yeah, of masks yeah. here. Yeah, um, and 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 not to cut you off, but I, I want to hear what you have to say. But I want to throw this this little caveat in. You know, we were talking about uh, 1984 and uh, 1QA4. And uh, the fantasy, I kind of, I kind of foresee a future where you know you said the restaurants and other you know businesses will reopen, you know, but it will be, I think it'll be, and this might be my dark side coming out, you know, I'm a pessimistic side coming out. It'll be more for the privilege. I think the, um, and for some reason, what came to mind is that movie um, with Wesley Snipes and. Um, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Glimmer Man, Demolition Man, not Demolition Man. Yeah, Dem- yeah, Demolition yeah. Man. When they were, were like the poor were living underground and they were jump going up top to rob some Taco Bell and you know and and the privilege you know because they have the healthcare, they have the uh, they yeah. have the means to um, to uh, support themselves uh, financially. In a sense, to support their healthcare, uh, the healthcare that'll be needed, but the poor don't. And we already see that this disease is attacking, you know, a, a, a particular demographic that um, that normally that that has always been attacked in some form or some fashion. Um, but I just kind of see the future being a place where, you know, things will never go back to the way they were, but the way that they will be will almost be an echo of the way things have always been, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, because you're referencing the fact that, like, there have always been second-class citizens. Like, the fact that, like, people are like, oh, well, like, the working poor, the working class, they're really hurt now. Not like they've right. been hurting. 
Like, the only reason why y'all know this now is because not only are they hurting, they're dying at a disproportionate rate. Not just working class, but the black working class is dying at a disproportionately higher rate than the rest of the country. And they're like, how is this happening? Well, it's happening for the same reason that um, people have been protesting and people have been asking for you guys to get off your butts and do something um, for decades. Um, But now, like, in... Like in the wake of a pandemic, now you're really going to see those chickens come home to roost as far as um, the disparity in healthcare, disparity in, uh, uh, in nutrition, uh, the disparity in uh, the living conditions of those people. Um, and you talk about like things not going back to normal. For them, death is yeah. normal. Now, so it's a Tuesday in the hood. It's a Tuesday in the hood. It's just more, there's just more right. shooters. Like, and there's, yeah. So uh, I think that like, while everyone is really paying attention now, oh, wow, like people are dying, dying. <laughs> yeah. Like people were always dying. Not a dying, dying, dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, I, I, I kind of like, I, I laugh at, at it. it. Like I laugh at people's reactions. Cause like, yo, y'all are yeah. stupid. Like, because I'm like, wow, like, how, how stupid are you to think that, like, this was, like, that these people weren't struggling yeah, already? But, yeah, exactly. But the next level is the fact that, like, these people are what is keeping the world afloat right now. Like, these grocery store workers, these, uh, these, uh, um, the postal workers, the, the, these restaurants, yeah, the post workers, the ones who are, yeah, the one who are uh, most exposed to the public that have been most denigrated and, and looked down upon are the ones that are keeping everything yeah. going. The delivery men, the, you know, all, all of that. We are. These are the people that I know, like... Not to cut you yeah. with, um, me and a couple of my neighbors, uh, I live in a cul-de-sac, and uh, we got together and uh, got like five gift cards for our, for our garbage workers, you know, uh, this past week. You know, because you think about it, they touching everything that we don't want to. You know, I mean, and, and I think a lot of that goes unrecognized. Um, the thing, the people that we usually take for granted, like the lady at the drive-thru, you know, who um, may give you an iced tea instead of a Diet Coke. You know, um, you know the person at the counter, you know, who we just kind of just, they're just a blurry face. We kind of look over, but now these people are, um, what do you call, deemed essential, you know? Yeah, essential yeah, workers. Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a different world, and we have to start looking at things, you know, more realistically, you know. And um, like you said, a lot of things are being brought to attention that have always been, you know, a lot of us were raised on make do, you know. Uh, I remember yeah. my mother used to have a thing called uh, make do stew. It was just basically halves, potatoes, whatever was left, whatever type of meat was left, uh, with stew base, with some carrots and peas and stuff like that thrown into it. It was make do stew. You just had, you just, you you just learned how to make do, you know. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are having to do it today, and the world is starting to recognize the fear. Yeah, and we, I mean, we had something called uh, Every Man for Himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, we we didn't even make it creative. <laughs> it was like, yo, every man for himself tonight, figure it out. Yeah, do what you do, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, so I, I get it. Um, like, but, like, 
I, I think that um, going forward, because I'm thinking, or we were talking about how, like, you know, the world's never going to mm-hmm. be the same. Um, you said that, like, it was going to be something like uh, Demolition Man, um, where um, the poor get moved underground. Unfortunately, I think that, um, uh, like, I don't think that will happen, fortunately. Um, unfortunately, however, I think that more poor people are going to die before anything is actually going oh, yeah. to be done. Um, and I and I know I've been pretty pessimistic lately, um, politically speaking. Um, but pragmatically, but pragmatically speaking, um, I just can't. I, I don't see um, a way that America can deal with this without dealing with America's fundamental nature. Um, and fundamentally, Americans are selfish and they're individualists and they like in like individuals and they they can't see past their own self-interest and you could you could look at this on a political scale and say oh well yeah that's politics no that's every body but is it is it is it so, is it american is it just the american government because when when you when you were saying what you just said you know um i thought about something that i was raised on um, that was pretty much drilled into me as a child by my grandfather, and that was that uh, self-preservation is the first law of nature. You know that um, I think that's a human thing, but I think other countries, you know, uh, Japan, um, China, um, other countries, they somehow convince their people that. Falling in line is the best interest of you for self-preservation. I think in America, we're, we're so, yeah. we're, we're, we're pulled in so many different directions that it's, it looks, it's, um, the word I'm looking for, it's more obvious that we're, that we're selfish, that, you know, that we're, that we come across as being selfish, but we all are interested in our own self-interest if that makes any sense it kind of came out not like i had like no no but um yeah it just looks more you can just see it more of those selfish americans but aren't we all interested in our own you know what's best for ourselves yeah but we're not all interested in what's best for ourselves at the expense of other really? people that's <clears throat> america like at the expense at the expressed expense of other people like think about that for a second like it's set like while saying it like that doesn't like seems like oh like really but like when you think about it like when you go to mcdonald's and you order a cheeseburger Mm -hmm. from mcdonald's um are you helping anyone by doing that am i helping i'm I'm patronizing a business that probably has high school kids working behind the counter that are trying to, you know, put money in their pockets or maybe paying their way through school. But are they actually getting their fair share? No, but in in the way this country's set up, that's the best means they could have versus standing on the corner selling drugs. So you like it? What you've just said is the new mother culture. You've made an excuse, no, and this no, isn't no, just no, you. No. I'm, I'm using no, no, this no, example. But no, 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 where this is going? But, um, that's the new mother culture. Like, oh well, it's the best I can do to support people and under the certain circumstance that I'm in. 
Like, and that's, there's a number of different examples I can give, but the, the clearest, most potent example that I can give of people being self-interested at the expense of other people is the protest this week, um, not like in your home state or my mm-hmm. home state too, um, but the state for which you're a resident, um, where they said we need to open back up this country because I want to go to the or I want to go to the beauty salon. I want to go to restaurants. I want to go to movies. I want to watch sports. I I I I. And then people start die die die. <laughs> I mean, and, and and I I can't disagree with that scenario. Those people are idiots. You know, and I want to say something, but it's going to come out real cold and real hard, but fuck it, I'm going to say it. And if they get, so be it. If they get the corona, for you know, so be it. I, I don't have no sympathy for stupidity. Um, but I just don't want them to get it and then give it to somebody who was completely, you know, not involved in that, in that foolishness. That's idiotic. But that's I inevitable. That's inevitable. But I, and, 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 when, and in that like, scenario, when you're talking about the I, 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 selfish, 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 yeah. But I don't think you can have that. I think that is the byproduct of someone wanting and and trying to, to, to benefit their own self-interest. You know, this, no different than the little kid who goes to his father and says, you know, Dad, I know we don't have enough money for you to pay me allowance, but can I take the old lawnmower and go cut grass? This kid has his own self-interest. He wants to earn money. For... I just know it's different. it's different because it's the, 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 the scope of it makes it different, but it's still self-interest. Now, you take that kid's self-interest, and then you take that idiot on uh, in Frankfurt, Kentucky, um, his self-interest, he wants to go back to work. You know, we don't know what's going on in his home. We don't know who, who's suffering or whatever. I'm not for them guys up there protesting. I think this thing needs to play itself out. I think we need to self-distance, quarantine, whatever we need to do in order to get back to, until they come up with a vaccination or some type of cure or whatever the case may be. I'm all for that. But I can't speak to what's going on in other people's homes. You know, I can't sit here and say that, um, you know, there, there may be some type of circumstances that are going on that may drive this individual to feel that he needs to get back to work. Now, what the means in which he's going about it is wrong, you know, but I can, I can, I will never be an advocate to judge somebody's feelings because we are, I've always believed that feelings are neither right nor wrong. They just are. You know, if you feel a certain way, I don't know where the breadcrumbs lead to what initiated that feeling. But when it comes to self-interest and the selfishness of people, I think that um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a species, we've always been selfish. We've always uh, sacrificed something or someone in order for our own self-interest. And I don't think any society is just free from that. You know, I'm watching on the news last week, a week before last, how China is is getting rid of all its Africans. Who is that? How is that, how is that beneficial to the Africans? You know, I'm...
No, it's not benefit. It's not beneficial to the Africans at all, and it's actually patented racism—the same kind of racism that America has when it says the Chinese, it's Japanese, not, and yeah, Koreans yeah. are these sort of diseases. It's not all Americans that are playing it. It's not. Go ahead. However, it's it's not all Americans who are saying it, but like. Uh, and I use that one example, but I wanted to speak to like I wanted to actually flesh out my 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 idea about that um, that this is a uniquely uh, like Western slash American thing because not all societies are individualistic societies. Some societies are collectivist societies. If you just look in Canada, like are you seeing the same level? Because we're talking like and and I know it's not everybody. But it's clamoring from fifty percent of the people in a country to to be allowed to come out fifty percent at the cost of the lives of everyone else who's out there, or at the expense of their own families' lives. They're so short-sighted that they don't see it. But just north of America, you can see a collectivist Western society that's thinking about everyone and staying inside and paying their people to stay inside and treating people um, with the kind of health care that they need to make sure that they're not crippled by this disease financially. Like there are ways that Western countries are dealing with this that, take care of, that takes care of everyone, that deals with the individual needs, however, um, but takes care of the collective in okay. doing so. So. I know that I know that I'm align America a lot um, on this podcast, but it's because I I can see from the outside because I'm watched I watch the news just like everybody else. The difference is I watch Japanese news and it shows what's going on in America from the Japanese perspective, and it's a spectacle. Oh, and, and and I won't I won't dispute that in the least bit. I agree. I I can imagine how crazy we look to people. I mean, we look crazy to us. You know, but I can imagine how crazy it looks to people who aren't from her and who have never put a toenail in this country. You know, but for those of us who have been here, we realize, we understand that how this country was founded, what this, how this country was built, and what this country stands for today is all a byproduct of a group of capitalistic, privileged, individual white folks who set, a, who set a clock in motion that is only playing itself out the only way that it possibly can. You know, every now and then we have a few revolutions and uprisings and so on and so forth. But when you throw this many different type of people into a situation that is not beneficial to all, but only to a few, and that few happens to be in power, then the few, then the powerful will manipulate it for its own self-interest. This is America. This is this is how things are done here. Unfortunately, and as fucked up as it may be, excuse my language, but this is America. America has always looked out for itself. Whoever is running the ship will guide the ship in a direction that best suits him and his people. And unfortunately, the people at the bottom have never been able to run the ship, our stewardship. You know, um, America is very selfish, very, um, very, um, it's a very tough pill to swallow, especially 
like you said, you know, when you look at China, Japan and the way things are done over there, and then you look at here, well, Japan has had centuries on top of centuries to get to where it is. And I'm not making any excuses for America, but America's had two, three hundred years, you know, to, to, to become what it is today. And it's not pretty, you know, and hopefully four or five hundred years from now, if we got that much time left, then it'll be a better place. And it'll be a place where it's, where we actually live the words of our Constitution. We the people. But right now, we're not we the people. We have been, I think we're more divided now than we've probably ever been. And, and maybe that's just because we get to see it, you know, that, you know, with social media and, and the news cycle that, that, that we have today, we see it more frequently. But we are divided. When you got people protesting, and it's not just here in Kentucky, you know, in Michigan, but Kentucky is personal for, for us since we're originally, since we were born here. But um, Kentucky, Michigan, yeah. Georgia, Florida opened, uh, opened its beaches. And yeah, you know, is... someone sent me a meme, and I posted it on Facebook where uh, Bugs Money and saw Florida off, you know, and you're know, off the United States, and I thought, I thought that was so apt, you yeah. know. But this is America. This is this is. I mean, to some people, they're probably looking at us like, man, been crazy Americans. Nah, man, this is just Tuesday in America, you know, where people are protesting to go back to work. But yet, well, here we are in a pandemic. And what gets me is that people are so surprised by this. You know, but we're, we're the land of Black Lives Matter, Me Too, um, and all, and every other crazy. Like you said in, in, in the podcast a, a week or so ago, 10 days ago, you know, every hashtag that you can possibly come up will latch on to. You know, and it's just, it's just Tuesday in America. You know, and it, it unfortunately, this Tuesday, People end up dying on Wednesday because of their action. You know? Yeah. But it's, it's yeah, absolutely. It's just America, man. And it's, and it's crazy as it is. And until, and, and this is, um, and I don't really want to get into it, but uh, into uh, the politics side of it. But until, you know, um, just like the, 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 um, the, the progressive party, until there is a, a, a uprising where there is a leader, a true leader, not not a not a pseudo leader, but a true leader that represents the people that come from the people um, to take over. It'll be business as usual. It'll be business as usual, you know. And it, and it's sad, yeah. and it's you know. But in my lifetime, I don't see anything changing. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to participate if there is an opportunity to change. But sometimes the best thing you can do well, I think, is what you can do. Yeah, but I think, um, and, and you, you said a mouthful. Um, so, like, there's a couple things I wanted to take out of what you said. Um, you said, you know, maybe four or five hundred years from now, America might be able to um, stand up to the, the creed that's in the Constitution, we the people. Um, I think that's awful, actually. <laughs> Um, the idea that it would take four or five hundred years for America to do what everyone knows it should do. Well, not everyone, but what uh, many, many, many people, millions of people think that they should do right now. Um, and it's it's disappointing. Not like it's disappointing that America is what it is in spite 
of those people like because um again and it, like it's it, and it all goes back to politics um you know there was a political movement to move america in the direction of all men being created equal and all people um having an equal opportunity to live a good and Son, reason I six on you, and I'm, I'm just gonna say yeah. this and i'm gonna back away uh reason i said five to ten years because we got to keep in mind that only 150 years ago a part of this population was slaves less less than that less than that the women were considered second class citizens so we're looking at a span of within 150 to almost 200 years that there was only a certain group of people that were even acknowledged as people so i don't think three four hundred years uh, on the scale of things, you know, far as time goes, that that's unrealistic. I mean, it, it might be, it might be sad, that, but when you look at the makeup of this country and how it became to be, I think it's kind of realistic. Dad, look north. But Canada, I, you know what? I, Canada, Canada yeah. is a picture on the wall. You know, when I look at Canada, Canada's a picture on the wall. I can look at Canada all day long. I don't live in Canada. Canada's not Canada. Canada. No, but what I'm saying, Canada is where slaves go to for freedom. See. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that, like, that's the same exact, like, that country had the exact same timeline as America. It's absolutely unacceptable to me. Like America started. You can't, you can't start a race um, from two different, from two different points and expect to reach the finish line at the same time. Okay, let me let me let me let me, let's let's go back to world history because the start was exactly the same: colonization by outsiders, eradication of indigenous people, war for what independence. What was the time for, for, for um, indigenous wars. I mean, for the for the for the, um, for the outsiders who came in to build the country for the slaves. What was the, what was what, what, what was the and then how did they shoot them after that? I mean, I'm not up on history. I'm but that's the thing. But that's that's the th- that's the thing I'm that's the thing I'm talking about though. Like you're saying, like, and I I agree with what you're saying. Like fundament, like uh, generally speaking, that it's going to take some time for America to become what it should be. Like, but what I'm saying is, it's not an like America has no excuses for what it is. I'm not going to give America any credit for getting rid I'm of slavery. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving ago. them a pass. What, but, what, 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 now I'm yeah. not. I'm, I'm not saying that you are. But I, I want to, like, I, I'm saying that at the same time, like, oh, you know, we have to begin the race at the same time. Like, you have to choose to run the race that you want to run. Wow. So you like, and listen to what you just like, said. And now I'm not talking about I'm not talking about black people choosing to be slaves oh. or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if there's going to be a revolt, you must choose to revolt. If you want things to change, you must choose to force people to change. Now, it's going to be uncomfortable. Like it was uncomfortable in the 60s when your grandparents or when your parents were making the changes. I, it, ch- change is never come. They were well, that's the given. Change is never come. Yeah, but when I'm and, and that's what I'm saying. But when you, when saying. you have, but, like you but just, and I don't, I don't, I don't have the words to um, 
articulate this the way that, I, that I'm feeling it. Um, when you have a society based on race, and then you couple that society based on class, you know, and you and you put it together with racism, classism, you know, and and you expect maybe you expect the wrong word, and, and you hope that uh, you desire that they come together and and revolt because see you have some that have made it and don't see themselves as a part of the problem or even in the same boat as the people that are, that they broke away from you know and i mean i hear what you're saying and i and i and i i appreciate your 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 frustration about it but the way i see it is that you know it, it will take time and i know that you you have to run the race that you that you have to run and all of that man but the way things are set up here and i'm not surrendering and i'm not succumbing i'm just trying to, to speak from a realistic position it, it takes time, you know, and the, and today we are not united. I'm talking about black folks. I'm talking about Americans. I'm even I'm even talking about the class. The middle class is not united. They have their own self-interest. The lower class is not united. You know, um, they see things that way. And I, I don't have the answer. This, this is why I'm exhausted. Like this, this exact, like, this exact narrative is why I'm exhausted because like it's like oh like we're never united like we're not united like oh, no, no, no. So hard. change is so difficult like no 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 I'm not talking I'm not just talking about you just now like I'm I'm using other people's narratives um like what other things I hear I, I heard like oh well you know you know we just have to make little changes until we can make big change you know, we, we just need a, we need a, a real, um, a real movement. We don't have a real movement yet. We need a real reason because we don't have people a reason. People are you talking, um, we need, uh, the, um, the popular, uh, the, uh, progressive. What, 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 what specific, what are you specifically talking about? Progressives have said this, um, this stuff. Black people have said this. I'm, I'm repeating narratives from all the marginalized okay. people in America and, and why things are, are, are bad and aren't going to change, um, anytime soon. It's like, oh yeah, we can't change anything anytime soon because, you know, think like people don't like each other. Well, maybe people don't like each other because nothing's going to change anytime soon. Like at some point we have to start analyzing whether or not these philosophies are self-defeating. Like perhaps these things aren't going to change because we don't believe that it's possible for them to change. And that particular, like that particular line sounds like a cliche to everyone that I say it to, but it sounds like a cliche, like because people aren't willing to look at it like reality. And I can't force people to look at life as it can be like, because people are so focused on what life is. I live in what is every day. But I, I, but I, yeah, but I remember learning how to ride a bike and I learned how to ride a bike really late. Um, I didn't learn how to ride a bike until third grade. But the one thing that I learned quickly about riding a bike is that if you look down at the pedals and at where you are right now, you won't be able to keep your balance to go forward. So you'll keep falling off. The only way to maintain your balance on a bike is eyes forward 
and trust your mind. Alpha pilot. Yeah, like, you gotta have keep balance. Keep going. And I. Yeah. And, and I think there that has to be balance. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to. I'm gonna. I don't want to. Where you going? At. I, I, I like where you go. Go ahead. So. So like I think that because we keep looking like at where we're at today like oh this is where we're at today this is where we're at today this is where we're at today we can't like and we, we're like oh we can't we can't look at tomorrow because today we can't look at tomorrow because today like yeah but you keep looking at your feet you keep looking at your pedals like you're not looking at the road like of course you can't see how you're going to get forward because you're not even looking forward like and partially that's because of the way society is built to make it so you can only focus on the pedals because you have to work from meal to meal from check to check so you can't even afford to look at the road i understand that i understand i understand society has built people with with permanent back problems because they're always turned downwards i understand however i think that at some point you have to get somebody to help you straighten your back up so you can look forward. And if you can't acknowledge the fact that you need to, then you don't deserve wow. a future. I knew that's where you were going. That's why that's why I didn't interrupt. I knew that's where you were going. Because you can't because you don't realize that you can't stand up straight and you don't even need to walk. That's yeah, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. I didn't say you can't realize. I said, I said, if you can't ask someone to help you, then you don't deserve to go forward because it's not even that you can't do it yourself. I know you can't do it yourself. Society has made it impossible. This I'm listening to what you're saying, this and I'm thinking, and I can't help but to think about. You know, um, because the last time that we've had a revolution in this country was in the 60s, you know, the civil rights movement. You know, that's the closest thing in my lifetime um, that I can even equate. Um, Definitely was a revolution. But what what about those people during that era who just wanted to keep their head down, not get hurt, you know, protect their children? and never asked to be a part of the fight. What you just said, what I'm taking from what you just said is that those people didn't even, don't even deserve to live, don't even deserve to be, didn't even deserve to be because they wasn't a part of the fight. See, my, my perspective. There are always people, there's always people in the background of a war like people who benefit from the war but never fight they never shed blood and yeah they'll get the but, benefits but I, 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 yeah, I, I, I look at it a little deeper than that they may not they may not they may benefit from the war they may, and they may not have never picked up a weapon they may have never triaged they may have never stood a post or whatever but maybe the fact that they get to survive the war you know they get to tell the story to their child who may even tell the story to their child and that child becomes something to change the world later. I don't look at it as just, we should kill these people off or these people have no purpose, have no work. Wow, <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm wow, wow, wow. You, that's, 
that's an exaggeration. Not an exaggeration. When you say people can't lift, if they can't ask for help and they can't lift their head, then they don't need. Whatever you finish that statement with needs to exist, needs to be, needs to lift. Whatever you finish, however you plug in what you want to plug in. But whenever I hear that tone, because they can't, then they don't need. If they can't, if they can't fight, then they don't need to exist. If they can't participate in the movement, then they are collateral damage and don't need a fear part. Whenever I hear that, something inside of me just dies. <laughs> because that that reeks to me and, and and me and my wife had this conversation and she said I was wrong and I'm, I'm and I reserved the right to be wrong. So that, and that when I hear people speak in, in such definite tones like that, it reeks of, to me of privilege, of entitlement, of, of, I'm just, a, hey, and I'm not talking about you specifically, I'm speaking in general. It, 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 it speaks to me of, 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 I don't know, man, it just, it just doesn't sit right with me, man, because there are people who don't, yeah, but guess who's don't know they need help, help, so therefore yeah. they will never ask for help. Yeah, but guess whose words those are huh? that you're that you're denigrating. I'm sorry. He believes by that those were Malcolm X's words. I get that by any means. Yeah, yeah, those are my and, and I'm right. a great fan and, and and Malcolm was one of my is one of my heroes. You know, um, especially uh, coming up in my twenties and early thirties. But just because. You know, and Mal- when Malcolm said those words, by any means necessary, the things that were going on in that time, and I know you can equate to the things that are going on today to mirror that time, but we don't have to resort to the means necessary. Malcolm was under the under the under the ideology and mentality that if you bring a gun, if you bring a knife to me, I'm going to bring a gun to you. We had, we don't have to do it that way today, because if we did, and and this is what I'm getting to when it, with, with what you're saying, until we have until there is a leader or someone to galvanize the people together, because that's what Malcolm did, that's what Martin did, that's what Marcus did, you know, that that's what even Nat Turner did. He galvanized a group of people to to get up and fight. Who's galvanizing? Who's galvanizing the people today? But, but it makes no difference. I'm asking you personally, like, if you're, why aren't you out there galvanizing the people? Because you have a lot of good ideas and a lot of good points. Now, I don't agree with the last point you made. Personally, I don't. <laughs> but I also realize that just because I don't agree with it, just because it doesn't sit right with me, doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just it just doesn't sit right with me, you know. But that's but I am I'm doing what I can to communicate like as, you can as do many more. people as I can from my platform that I have. I mean, yeah, could, could I do more? Because I'm gonna be honest with you, and I'm talking to you not as a co-host on 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 Dopio, but now I'm talking to you as your father. Why aren't you out here leading? Because I remember a time when you wanted to 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 change the world in a more leadership role. I remember you saying, "Dad, I want to run the world." 
I want to change the world. I want to, I want to be president. I remember that. And I'm wondering because now, and you, you may get upset with what I'm about ready to say, but I, you know, I'm not going to hold my tongue. But now you're in Japan and you're looking at us here in America and you're throwing stones at us, but you're not willing to come and move the stones. Hmm. May I retort now? So for a decade, my adult decade, Mm -hmm. like from 20 to 30, uh, I spent like much of the uh-huh. time, or actually all of that time in the military, and all of that time also, poli- I know. also all of that time politically active. Um, and I also spent a great deal of it studying what it mm-hmm. takes to get to that level. Like, not just like the money, like the money's nothing. You can, People. if you're powerful enough, or like if you can speak powerfully enough, you could, right? Yeah, there's always a benefactor. Um, it wasn't that there was there were some things in my personal life Usually, that just different everything um and and you can't like because we're in a culture of um you have to be perfect or you get destroyed like i like even with my nothingness it's not like i, I have you, you scandals never went to jail compared never, to your father boy you're, you're pristine and clean like <laughs> <laughs> but like it, it's just like I and it it hurts a lot sometimes like like you don't think I want like the reins of power in uh, in my hands uh, you think that I don't like there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think of what I could do better than that buffoon in office like that I couldn't be better than that like bumbling stumbling mumbling mess of a candidate that's going to be going against that buffoon I- like go ahead i'm sorry i i there's an alarm there's an alarm on my phone yeah i haven't taken it off yet there's an alarm on my phone that's going to mark when i turn 35 and why is that date important for those of you out there who don't know american law you cannot be the president until you're 35 years old i i had been looking forward to that birthday like like a teenager was looking forward to 21 like someone who's paying for insurance was looking forward to 25 like uh how somebody who wanted to have like just gratuitous stripper parties was looking forward to their dirty 30. i was looking forward to 35 because 35 was when i was going to come alive and control things so I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna um life happens stop you there just a second i don't know what is in your past that is preventing you from grabbing the future that you once held. But I do know from my own life experience, and you know a a large part of that and what it encompasses, um, that you can come back from anything. You know, you can, even with me, recovering drug addict, um, prison, you know, things of that nature. You know, I've, I've been blessed with the opportunity to speak in front of crowds of hundreds, to, to uh, give speeches, 
then. I mean, and, and I know that's not on the scale in which you're talking about achieving, but I know that in this country, for all of its F-ups and everything else, if there could be a president in office like Trump, whose past is what it is, I think what the people need is, is someone human. Someone who who has made bad decisions is not ashamed of them. You know, someone asked me the other day, well, not the other day, about a month or so ago, um, I had given a small little talk in, in a group of about maybe 20 people. And um, someone asked me, he said, you don't ever get a, ever ashamed of the things that you've done. That you've done. I said, I'm ashamed that I put myself in a position to hurt people, namely the people that I love. But um, I'm not ashamed to stand up here and, and tell the truth about myself. That gives me that gives me my power back. It's when I don't speak up and I don't face the things that I've done that I lose power and then I become weak again. But when I am, and, and like I said, I don't know what what, yeah. what it is, what decisions that you made, you know, in the past ten years or tw- twelve years or whatever, thirteen years. Um, that, that, that is preventing you from taking the step that I believe, because I listen to you, and like I said, I don't always agree with some of the shit you say. But, I mean, and what Father does, you know, because I think I know, because I've been, I've been through it. I, you know, and when you become a father, I want you, if, I, if I'm still, if I'm still living, you call me. If I'm not, you smile, you know, you will tell your child one day, you think you know, but you haven't lived long enough to know what I know. That, that is the father creed. But son, I know that we all make mistakes. We all do things that we all turn left when we wish we would have turned right. But you are a leader. You have scars that show that you are a leader. And, and every true leader, you know, has to embrace them scars and, and, and use those lessons to, to uplift and benefit others. I think that uh, what you're doing in Japan is noble. I am extremely proud of you. And I know I've said that before and I know you don't like hearing it, but so what? I'm both proud of it. Um, but you have the potential, man, to, to make a difference you know, not only in in Japan, but in America and the world. And with that, I'm going to shut the hell up. No, like, and I, I appreciate that. Like, um, and I, like, I want to make sure I'm not being, like, ridiculously dramatic. Like, um, like, aside from that, like, you know, I, there's a, there is a reason why I retired from the military. Retired. And I'm, I'm 33. Uh, for those of you who know, I, I like, love I'm it. retired you are, that is, from the military. But, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that is absolutely cool. 33 <laughs> Yeah. So, so, yeah. Um, like, and it's because, like, you know, I, like, I got my head knocked around a bunch. Um, and, you know, my memory isn't great. Um, like, I always have, like, my my iPad, like, I'm writing down notes constantly, um, like, to make sure I have everything straight, like, so, like, there, there's a degree of honesty that I have with myself that maybe nobody else really has with themselves, or maybe, maybe, you know, it's a, a level of, of self-deprecation that I have, 
um, that I presume that maybe that's not for me anymore. Like maybe, you know, there was a once upon a time or uh, uh, like my favorite musical, um, uh, Les Mis, um, what, what did she say? She said, uh, uh, I dreamed a dream of times gone by. Like, yeah, like I, I feel that way um, a lot of the time. And, you know, especially especially these days when I feel extremely powerless. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to what we were talking about with the video games. You know, I, I, I feel powerless and it's exhausting. Like, and, and I don't know how to describe an exhausting powerlessness um, to the layman because um, most people never assume that they have any more power than they do. Um, but not me. Like, uh, maybe I was a, maybe I'm a narcissist. Um, or maybe I'm a recovering narcissist um, because like I believed that like I just I had it like I like I had everything and like I have the like and even to this day like you don't do a podcast talking about your ideas if you don't think you got something that someone else doesn't have Um, but at some point you know like I I was like yeah I got it like I got the juice like and I'm like and I'm just gonna run the world um, and then things happen and you're like, okay, all right, I'm, I can, maybe I could still do this. And then bing, bang, boom. And you're like, dang, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm up, I'm in the ring, but I'm swaying. I'm like, so how am I going to stay in the ring? How am I going to stay in the fight? Well, maybe I could be a coach. Uh, maybe I can, the king. you know, maybe I can be a trainer, but you know, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe you can't fight anymore, but you want to still be in the arena. You still want to be in, you know, in the game. Um, And that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Like, I still like I still want to express my ideas and however harsh they might be. And I still want to go back to that because I feel like I should defend myself. But (laughs) but I just can't like I can't get wrapped up in the romanticism of, of me being the president of the United States anymore. Not just because, like, I don't think that I could do it, um, but honestly, and I, I'm gonna be real as of the real, the bar for the next black man is, it, like, I, like, I, I just wanted to look mm-hmm. backwards, like, look at Barack Obama, like, the guy was yeah. untouchable, literally untouchable. Um, he didn't have a podcast where he's telling people like you don't deserve to live. Like he didn't, he didn't have a <laughs> he didn't have like a, a like a Facebook account full of him telling people to fuck off like because they were they were dumb and racist. Like he didn't have any of that stuff. Like so he well, had to worry we, about we, like fighting back about we, stuff like that. Well, you put it that it way, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, see, you see, like, but, but you need, you need, uh, we call them, uh, what do we call the, the guys? Um, you need the guys in the trenches. You, you need the yeah. scavengers. You need the ravengers out there, like destroying things like, uh, at the at the ground level, so that yeah. the real change. Uh, you, can you're right. Top level. You're right. You're right. And so, and so, this is this is the best I can do to muck things up and to and to clean to clean up um, a message that I was sending. 
you know, I understand that like people are conditioned not to to look up. And when I say that they don't deserve um, to be, what I'm referencing is those people that complain. The people that complain that the world isn't the way it should be. Like they're looking down and they're like, man, I can't believe I'm looking down. I can't believe I have to look down every you day. Don't have like, bro, like, what are you talking about? Like, like everyone's telling you you don't have to. Everyone. But you keep looking down anyway. So like at some point, like I'm just thinking you're a crab. Yeah. And you know the yeah. old saying about the crab in the bucket. Right. Never want to let another crab out. Like, so because you're looking at the ground, you think, oh, man, like, man, I got to look at the ground, man. We all got to look at the ground because I got to look at the ground. Like, nah, right. nah, we all don't have to do like shit. Like, yo, look up. Pick you up yeah. to look, like, look. Like, it kills me. It, ki- it Yeah, it kills me. And so, like, yeah, I sound harsh, but like to be to, to take it to that father level, that's tough love. Like people need to get it together because like I'm like you're right I do throw stones that I, I I throw I throw bricks because I because I want I want the glass house to shatter because maybe there's a chance you'll rebuild and maybe maybe people hate me maybe people dislike me because I was the one throwing rocks but if you built a better house because of all the rocks it that was people do at you. Mm-hmm. And and just to, Maybe to, so. before we uh close out, let me let me say this to you. Um I hear you, man. I hear you. And we're cut from the same cloth in, in regards that when we get heated and our passion come to the surface. You know, we say things, and although we mean them, <laughs> we uh, it's the way we say them. <laughs> and you, when I when I was saying that you're throwing yeah. stones and you need to come and, and and you know take charge and take over, that was my frustration coming to the surface um, because I know, right, and, and I feel comfortable saying, you know, I know. What, what you told me you wanted and but I didn't take into account you know the medical things the the trauma you know that 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 comes with what you've gone through your 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 time in service was completely different than my time in service you know and um, your experiences were completely different than mine you know and I and I know what I know the I know the scars the effects the scars have long after you know you put your weapon down I mean I I know that personally you know but I do believe that if not the king the king maker you know and I never wanted to insinuate that I didn't think you were doing you know what you could do no no you're good you're good good. well damn he's kind of cold on his son well no this is this is just what we do, you know. I'm saying we are <laughs> each other. Um, yeah. But you know, um, if not the king, the king maker, man. You know, and and I will never ever, you know, stop uh, telling you the truth about how I feel about a situation, even if it makes me uncomfortable. 
but I don't want you to ever stop, and I don't think you ever will. Um, being honest, being honest, and, and and truthful about your feelings, man. You know, and you're right. If people are looking down and they're complaining that they're looking down, and you know they don't want to raise their heads, then you know, yeah, I may not be the one that says off with your head, but I might kick you off your bike. You know, but um, a little fun fact before we close out. You said you was in the third grade when you learned how to ride a bike. Don't be sad. Don't feel sad. Yeah. I was nine years old, going on 10, with training wheels on mine. A little story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's about the same age. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> Naturally. Um, your grandfather was getting ready to take my training wheels <laughs> off my bike. And the guy, the kid next door, his name was Oscar. I'll never forget it because I never met another Oscar. Um, his father took his off and he was making fun of me. Look, I'm going to go ride my bike. And he took off down the sidewalk. You know, his father stood there all proud. And next thing you know, he fell. He was screaming and hollering. I looked up at your granddad and said, please don't take my training wheels off. <laughs> I was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he came yeah, back green, blood all down his leg. Yeah, I was shook. I said, "Nah, please." But what your grandfather did was, he said, "I won't," but let me tighten them up. And so he raised them to where they where they were on there, but they wasn't even touching the ground. And and for about that whole summer, I never even realized. It. And then he took me on what was called our big boy night. And um, he he still rides his bike. He's almost seventy years old, still rides his bike. Um, but he uh, took me on Big Boy Night, where me and about like six of his friends rode from the west end of Louisville all the way up to the east end. You know, like from I, I grew up on Forty Sixth Street. We rode all the way up to First Street and came back. You know, and um, here I am with these training wheels, riding with these grown men on ten speed. And it was one of the best nights of my life as a child. But at, at night taught me that just because you don't think you can, you really can, you know? Because it wasn't until later that my mother told me that, you know your dad raised your training with, you've been riding that bike all along, you just didn't know it. So yeah, you had, sometimes people don't know how to ask for help, but sometimes you gotta help them. You know, even if they don't know they being helped. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what we're trying to do, and uh, and I, I think that's like kind of the point of the show too. <laughs> like, you know, they're listening to us argue or or debate things, and I'm I'm threatening all the people out there. Um, like, I'm I'm sure that's gonna be like that's gonna be a flip of the year. You don't deserve to live. Yeah. Hey, y'all uh, my man, like, man. Like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that is kind of brutal, but um. But, I uh, sound like a cross between Samuel Jackson and a few good men. Uh, like, like, yeah, I think yeah, they right. should die. Right. I think they should burn in hell. Like, I love it. Hey, that's one of my favorites, man. That's one of my favorites. Hey, what was that movie? Um, um, yeah. It was a. Few good men was. Tom Cruise and. Uh, I can't think of his name. You need me all. Yeah, I can't. Jack Nicholson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, that's what, another Jack one of my Nicholson. favorites. But uh, not Mississippi Burning. Um, 
that's when the lawyer said at the end, close your eyes and, and imagine this. Now imagine if she was white. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, Sammy, Sammy yeah, he's yeah, he's one of my favorite memes too. I throw it at, at at the young people when they start making fun of me online. I got this this picture of uh, black snake snake moan. Yeah, where you <laughs> yeah, I shoot yeah, that at a bunch of people one. on Twitter. They just bust that laugh at me. So, but uh, it's been a good one, son. Yep, yep, it has, and uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, please, if you're if you're feeling down and uh, you know you're you're struggling with everything, you know, take a second. Um, you got something. You got something in your life that you're grateful for. Um, be grateful for that. If not, yeah. be grateful for us uh, making all this content. You know, a little self gratuitousness would never hurt. Never hurt anybody. Um, but no, uh, we'll listen or we will. Uh, do this again next week. Sorry for the uh, take hiatus. care of yourselves, man. Uh, and uh, social distance back off from each other. Let's um, you never know how many lives you're saving just by sitting at home, you know, playing a little PlayStation or something, you know. But uh, y'all take care, and uh, we'll be back next week. Peace. All right, see ya. <laughs>